Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. He alone is worthy. So good to be together again. Amen. It's Thursday night, and it's time for our Thursday evening Bible study. Hallelujah. We're just a few days away from Christmas. Christmas is upon us. I wonder if we will remember this year's Christmas when it's all said and done. Because it seems like we can't remember anything else of 2020. Everything is just a blur. And you're not even sure what you're experiencing. But we thank God we're still living, we're still breathing. And um, when I say I thank God because I'm still living and still breathing... I'm thanking God because if there's anything that uh, need to get right in your life or in my life, we have an opportunity to do so as long as we're still here on this earth and we are still breathing and we are aware we're in our right mind. And so we thank God for all his blessings, all the wonderful opportunities and privilege he gives to us. So one day we can spend eternity with him. Amen. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight we are going remote. So it's all, um, I guess we can say we're just virtual all the way tonight. Uh, Usually we are in person and virtual, but tonight we're just going virtual all the way. So um, we we appreciate you tuning in and allowing... Uh, us to be together again this kind of way so I'm not going to belabor the point of anything else I'm just going to get right into the word of God but if you will pray with me that we can get our hearts and minds right and on Jesus that would be great pray with me father in the name of Jesus Lord we are grateful and thankful that we can come together one more time Lord, the hour is drawing nigh. We are in that day, Lord God, where your return is imminent. And Lord God, where we must be ready when you come. Lord, none of us know the day nor the hour that you will return. None of us know when our number will be called, when it's time for us to finish our journey here in this earth. But Lord, as long as we're living and breathing in this earth, Lord God, we have great expectation of the things that you will do and your promises. And Lord God, we endeavor to be obedient, to be submitted to your will and your purpose. Tonight, Lord, we open our heart that you may impart to us whatsoever you will. Tonight, Lord, we ask that you will speak to us in a way that only you can do. We ask, Almighty God, that you will give us understanding and clarity. I pray, Almighty God, that you will give us the wisdom to apply the word of God that will be spoken into our spirit, into our heart and mind. I pray tonight that you will strengthen us. And, oh, my God, that our minds, Lord God, will not be consumed by the things of this life that are worth nothing, Lord, but that our minds will be focused on you, that our minds, Lord God, will be reserved, O God, for the will and the purpose of God to be done in us. I pray tonight that by the power of your spirit, Lord, 
that you will overshadow us and that the glory of the Lord will come in and just consume us and that Lord God while we're here where we are in our different places of gathering tonight Lord God that we will meet you that we will have an encounter with you Lord God that Lord Jesus our faith will increase and that my God we will be prepared to continue on the journey that you have brought us on I pray Father, that every person's life, Lord God, will be, oh God, better off because, oh God, we had come together tonight to hear from you, to worship you, to adore you, and to allow you to have the preeminence in our life, Lord God. Will you reveal the mysteries of the scriptures tonight, Lord God, and speak a clear word into our heart, Lord God. I pray that you'll anoint me and place me in the flow of your spirit to speak as your oracle. And I pray, Almighty God, that you'll just touch the, the ears of the hearers tonight, Lord God, that we will hear it just the way we need to hear it and receive it just the way we need to receive it. Lord Jesus, have your way tonight. Lord Jesus, have your way tonight. We pray that the power of your spirit will move upon us. We pray, Almighty God, that you will, oh God, lift us, Lord Jesus. And I pray that, oh God, our eyes will be open to see clearly what we need to see. Father, speak to us tonight, if you will. For, Lord, we will continue to give you the praise and the honor. We will continue to worship you and to make your name great among men, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to take a turn tonight, and uh, we've been talking about um, a blessed and privileged people, and we went through that for about four weeks, and we completed that last week of what it's like to be a blessed and privileged people, and we had subtopics that we dealt with about being a blessed and privileged people, and tonight we're going to deal with this topic of trusting God in every circumstance, trusting God in every circumstance. You know, every year around this time, I always say that, you know, while, you know, little children, most of them, because not all of them, little children are excited about gifts that they will receive for Christmas. And, um, you know, even grownups, um, you know, just celebrating the season and just enjoying, uh, you know, the, 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 the blessings of friends and family and good eating and all of this stuff and there's a lot of us that are experiencing um, that kind of vibe right now, but there's also a lot that struggles because they're thinking about loved ones that are not here anymore. They're thinking about loved ones that are sick in the body. They're thinking about, hey, you know, I may not have what it takes financially to give to some people I would like to give to, or they may be in need and don't know where to turn. And so, there's a lot of different things that are transpiring, but one thing we do know, the emotions of people is magnified more during these holiday season than most of the times throughout the year. And so, you know, I'm always careful to make sure I, I am thinking about those that are in need and thinking about those who I can be a blessing to and thinking about those who just need love in their life and someone that they want to spend time with and just having family and friends around. I think about those people a lot during these times. So keep them in your prayers. Keep them in your thoughts. 
because everyone is not in the same place during these times. So it's important that we understand that we need to trust God in every circumstance. In every circumstance, we need to trust God. Uh, Tonight, I will start in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, familiar passage of scripture. The word of God says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel and shall call his name Emmanuel. Trust in God in every circumstance. Amen. We often receive promises from the Lord when when when. And when they begin uh, to when we embrace the promises that we, we receive from the Lord, we begin to create scenarios in our mind in, in, in the way we think God will fulfill them. So God makes promises to us. You can read it throughout scripture. God makes promises to us and even for us that are not in scripture per se, but God makes promises to us as well or we take promises from the scripture that God made and we say that's my promise and it's right to do that. And so we hold on to these promises. But what we do a lot of times when we start holding on to these promises is we create scenarios in which we think God will fulfill these promises in our life. We seldom, if ever, imagine the journey to fulfill the promises that God make to us. And so that is very interesting that God make promises to us, but we seldom seem to can embrace or get an idea of, of, of how God will fulfill these promises to us. So we, are, we imagine them in our own way. We imagine the way we think God will fulfill his promises to us. We don't think about that, you know, these promises could bring about hardship or anything like that. We just have this, we begin to paint this image in our mind of how we think God will fulfill his promise or promises to us. We don't get into all the challenges. We never seem to think that there's going to be struggles. When we, when we get a word and, and, and we hear something that, that we feel speaks directly to our heart that God is promising us, we tend to just hold on to it and only can paint the picture of something great and grand and, and wonderful. And we never, ever think about challenges. But I need to tell you, God's ways are not our ways. The more I live for God, the more I have to admit God's ways are not like my ways. Somebody say God ways are not like my ways. No, sir. And so oftentimes when we begin to get this image and paint this picture in our mind of how God will do something in our life, it's usually not accurate, but somehow we are still holding on to these images and thoughts that we conjure up to think this is the way God will fulfill his promise in my life. The the time between the moment the promise is given and the moment the promise is fulfilled is often the unexpected hardship. I'll say that again. 
the time between the moment the promise is given and the moment the promise is fulfilled is often the unexpected hardship. And so if God made you a promise, you receive a promise from God, from the time you get that promise to the time the Lord, in our mind, finally fulfills that promise, between that time, there's a lot of unexpected hardship. When the promise is given, we tend to think good things. The life lived between the conception of the promise and the birth of the promise is sometimes filled with unpleasant things. Carrying a promise is much like a woman carrying a baby. <laughs> the future is bright, but the present moment may include discomfort. Come on, ladies, can you help me? And so if you have carried a child as a lady, you know the future is bright, but you know there is some discomfort that will be a part of carrying that child in your stomach. No doubt this is not the way we would do things. God, however, does things differently than we would do. Mm -hmm. Although we may not like it from time to time, we must remember God does all things well. He does not make mistakes. He does not get things wrong or do things the wrong way. Hence, we must trust God at all times. Somebody say, we must. Trust God at all times, not some of the times, not when you can understand at times, but trust God at all times. We must trust God that the fulfillment of the promise is going to be worth the discomfort. That is important. We must trust that the fulfillment of the promise is going to be worth the discomfort. So no matter how difficult or how challenging or how much discomfort you will experience, you have to realize that the promise that you will receive at the end of all of this will be well worth the discomfort that you will experience. It will be worth all the pain and all the frustration when you finally receive the promise. Somebody say amen. amen. We must also trust God when things do not happen the way we thought they would. David Hazard in his book, You Set My Spirit Free, explains it this way. For many of the people long ago, God's prophet words did not come to pass in the way they expected. That was because, like us, they did not seek God's higher view first and interpreted what he told them from their own self-serving viewpoint. I hope you're getting this. Uh, we, we like to interpret what God says from our from our own self-serving viewpoint in the wrong way that is they also look for absolute literal fulfillment of God's word ignoring the fact that he was addressing spiritual conditions a lot of times God speak to us or give us promises and we like to begin to equate it to the natural. And we start figuring out how it works in the natural. And God is usually trying to get us to understand a spiritual, a spiritual truth 
and not so much naturally. Yes, there's sometimes natural things will be fulfilled in that spiritual promise, but the goal is always a spiritual thing. It's always a spiritual thing. Often, the way we envision God fulfilling his word is not the way he does it. I've learned to not try to figure out what God is doing because as soon as you try to figure out what God is doing, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to get upset. You're going to have all kind of emotions you're going to experience because you started trying to figure out what God is doing when God did not tell you to figure out what he's doing. He just said, here is the promise and you need to trust me that I will fulfill my promise. Once you start trying to figure out what God is trying to do, you put yourself in arm's way. You put yourself in a place to be so disappointed. But if you will trust God and not try to worry about and figure out how he's going to do it, you will experience more victory than you will if you do it the other way around. Why? Because we often, we are often looking at things through earthly eyes and not spiritual eyes. God is interested in the bigger picture. He is looking beyond our natural uh, setting and is addressing spiritual things. This is one of the reasons why we often struggle in comprehending what is going on during the journey and in the fulfillment of the promise God has given us. We tend to receive the promise in a self-serving manner, but God is looking at the bigger picture. So often I see people get so uh, disappointed or uh, they, they get so anxious and so many things begin to happen in their life. And it always point back to we started making things more about self than making it about God's will. And the more you make God's promises about selfish desires or about how you feel and how about what you think and what you want, when you make God's promises focus on you instead of focus on the things of God, you're going to be disappointed more often than not. In Genesis chapter 46, verse 3 through 4, in the NIV, God appeared to Jacob and told him this, Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. At first glance, it would appear God was telling Jacob, He would return home at some point in his life, but that did not happen. Jacob died in Egypt, uh, and God did not lie. Check this out. No, God did not lie. God's promise was fulfilled later when Moses led Jacob's offspring out of the land of Egypt and into the promised land. So Jacob, as old as he was when God spoke to him, he probably assumed that God was going to take him down to Egypt, spare him during the famine time, and then once the famine was over, God will bring him back to the, um, his land where he was in. But that's not the way it went. Jacob went down to Egypt. He had a blessed life for the time that he lived, and then he died. But later on, later on, 
we see that the children of Israel, as they were in Egypt for over 400 years, later on, God brought them back into the promised land. And so Jacob's children, Jacob's tribe, Jacob's grandchildren, they all made it back in. Jacob didn't per se, but them that was his, they made it back. The Bible is filled with multiple stories of like circumstances. Shortly after Joseph dreamed of his family bowing before him, he was thrown into a pit by his brothers and then sold into slavery. Not long after that, Joseph was thrown into prison. The promise God had given him seemed a million miles away. But what Joseph could not see in those moments of hardship was how God was using adversity to move him from one step at a time closer to the fulfillment of his dream. Consider Noah, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, Noah could be found nailing, sawing, building, and crafting those were long, dry years in which he built a boat, the ark. There was no sign of a need for a boat. There was no indication whatsoever that God was getting ready to flood the earth other than one man's adherence to a word God had given him. That was the only sign given that God was going to do something. It seems silly, however, to everyone else. Perhaps the entire matter seems silly to Noah too. <laughs> but God said, build an ark. So Noah did as he was instructed. If Noah was anything like us, which he probably was, he probably looked every day for a cloud, a sign that he was not wasting his time. He likely searched for something he could look at or something he could see, but there was nothing all he had was a word from God, build an ark. <laughs> I wonder how many of us are just having a hard time just holding on to the word of God. Circumstances sometimes make it difficult to believe our promises will ever be fulfilled. But circumstances do not control our promises. Somebody need to walk around saying that. Circumstances does not control my promises. Circumstances does not control my promises. Whatever promise God has made me, no circumstance is going to dictate whether or not God fulfilled those promises or not. If God made me a promise, I am certain, I am confident, I am sure that promise will be fulfilled. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter what I have to go through, what confronts me, whatever heartbreak I got to suffer, whatever pain I got to just, just bear. The bottom line is if God made me a promise, he will fulfill that promise. And no circumstance could hinder that promise because God is not a man that he should lie. So if God made you a promise, somebody hear me tonight. If he promised you uh, uh, whatever it is that he made promise to you, you got to hold on to it because God cannot lie. Circumstances do not control God's promises. God controls his promises. 
God is the one that's in control of what he promises to us. Circumstances, whether favorable or not, or even in different circumstances, have no bearing on the promises of God. God's promises transcend circumstances. We must not let circumstances cause us to cease believing that God will fulfill his promises to us. If God promised it, we can count on it. Somebody say amen. The issue we struggle with is not adverse circumstances as much as our expectations through faithless eyes. Mm. Our expectation through faithless eyes is a challenge unto us. We are having expectations without faith. And we know faith is the currency that we have to use when we're dealing with God. And if we're just going to just look at things from a from an intellectual standpoint, from a earthly standpoint, uh, it's it's not that's not faith. And so you need to look at God's promises through the eyes of faith. Somebody say faith. Mary and her sister Martha experienced similar circumstances. They thought Jesus would come and heal their brother Lazarus, but he did not do what they thought he would do. When he did show up, it was too late. They said, if you had only come a little sooner, Lazarus would not have died. Jesus did not meet their expectations, but he did not have to meet their expectations. You know, who are we to think that uh, we need to have any expectation of God except for what he is telling us we need to have expectation of? They expected Jesus to, to come before Lazarus died. Jesus had something else in mind. Amen. Lazarus, according to Jesus, was not dead. They thought he was dead. He was only asleep in the eyes of Jesus. It was not over. That is what Jesus was saying. Jesus far exceeded their expectation because they thought that all Jesus could do was heal a sick man. <laughs> they had seen and heard that Jesus has healed the sick before, and they thought that maybe that's all he needed to do with Lazarus. Uh, church, I'm here to tell you, don't put any limitation on our God. Uh, don't put any restrictions on our God. Uh, because he healed, that's not all he can do. Uh, and I want you to know that they thought, Mary and Martha thought, because he healed, that's all he could do is heal again. But Jesus told them, I am the resurrection and the life. So he went beyond what their expectation was. And, and so today, I'm telling you, God will go beyond our ex expectation and far exceed it if we put him in a box or we think that what we see is his limit. God is limitless. Somebody say that. God is limitless. He always does in more ways than one. The book of Hebrews tells us of many men and women who believed in God but never saw the promises of God fulfilled. But it was simply that these situations did not meet the conventional expectations. God always fulfills his promises, just not always in the way we think he will. So we're always thinking 
a certain way how God will fulfill his promises. And every time we do that, we are left holding the bag, wondering what is going on. Another difficulty we face is we have a limited amount of insight. That shouldn't be a limitation. That should not be a hindrance. That should, you know what we need to use to deal with that? Faith is what we need to use to deal with limited insight. All of us see through the glass darkly. And so we don't all see clearly because it's not until we become just like him, until we see him, uh, when we become like him, we will see him as he is. But none of us are in the place where we have become like him to see him as he is. So as it stands, we see through a, 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 the glass darkly. And so we have to have faith. And that's what we need to work in our life so we don't have to worry about limited insight. We cannot see what is going on uh, or what is going to transpire. We don't we don't know. We don't have that foreknowledge unless he reveals it to us. We are limited with the view in front of us and perhaps a little of what is headed our way. We cannot see it all. Not only do we think God is going to work a certain way, but we often think he's going to do so within a certain time period. So we get uh, ourselves in trouble because not only do we have the wrong expectation of God and how he's going to work it, but then we also <laughs> we also think he's going to do it within a certain time period. And so now we start this, you know, uh, for some people. Um, maybe they on uh, on the virtual um, live feed tonight and they can laugh with me. But there's some people that saying, yeah, I'm getting married next year. <laughs> and sometimes it's a joke. Yes. But there are people that serious out there that they're going to tell you something that God promised them and they're going to put time on it. Brother or sister, if God make you a promise and he did not give you a time frame as to when he will fulfill that promise. You don't want to put a time on it because if you put a time on it, you are going to be disappointed. Unless God revealed the time to you, you leave the time to God just as you want to leave God to do it the way he does it. And don't conjure up in your mind or paint a picture in your mind as to how you think God needs to do it. We have to trust God in all his ways, not some of his ways. Mm hmm. And when God does not do it as quickly as we think he will, we are tempted to think he will not do it at all. <laughs> God is not a man that he should lie. And if God made you a promise, if you know God had put it in your heart, if you know God's word said it to you, or a, a, a man of God or a woman of God was used by God to speak it to you, you have to hold on to it. And even if you thought it was going to be done at a in a certain time frame, if it's not done during that time period, I want you to say, that's all right. I'm not so much worried about the time period. I am more concerned about God made me a promise and I I know circumstances do not dictate. And so God will bring that promise to pass whenever he sees fit, not when I think he should do it. Somebody say amen. Uh-huh. And so we tend to think that God won't do it at all. However, it is not usually our first thought. Our first thought is 
I guess God really did not make that promise. <laughs> Before long, we add, maybe I did not hear God correctly. Maybe God does not even care about me. Uh, we, 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 we allow ourselves to start coming up with thoughts and, 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 and start, you know, listening to voices about what may or may not have been said to you. You have to know God is not a man that he should lie. When he make a promise to you, you just have to check the book and know if it's in the book, then God made me a promise and I'm going to claim it. I am not going to say what, what, when it will be fulfilled, but I'm going to say it will be fulfilled. So trust God on every promise that he makes to you. Somebody say amen. And so. Our expectation get us in a mess oftentimes. Expecting God to do things within our time frame is one of the biggest ways we cause ourselves difficulty. We need to trust God despite what the circumstances say. And we need to trust God despite what the calendar says. Uh, we, we see the calendar ticking. I remember, can I tell you a little story? I remember... Um, I got married in 1999, and I remember that's right before um, 2000, and that's when we had all this talk of Y2K about the computers going to crash, and and when 2000 roll in, you know, um, you know, you know, we're gonna go back to the Stone Age, and everybody was concerned, and there were people that saying the world was gonna come to an end in the in the year 2000, and so there were some people that were getting married in in, in 1999 because they said if if the world comes to an end 2000, at least I got to experience marriage, and so some people might have got married. In, in 1999, not because they should, but because they thought that maybe this is my last opportunity to get married. They allowed the time to dictate an action, and maybe it just wasn't the time for them to get married. But they allowed the time because they was worried about what they were hearing from, from the outside, Y2K. But, but we can't let time control God's promise that he makes to us. All we need to know is God will fulfill his promise. So hold on to the promise. Better yet, trust the one who gave the promise. That's what we need to do. And sometimes I got to tell you, church, sometimes I feel like we're more interested in the promises. We're more interested in what God can give us. We're more interested in what God can do for us than we are interested in God himself. And I'm telling you, I've learned that my interest better be in the Lord Jesus Christ and not about what he can do for me. I appreciate what he can do for me. I am grateful for all that he's done for me, but I'm more interested in him than what he can do. And if we can get to a place where we will be into him more than the promises, I think that we'll be fine no matter what happens because we trust him and we are into him more than we are into what he can do. And so I bring this to a close in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. The word of the Lord says in verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, 
before she came, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, remember the text I read to you when we first started out and the text talked about, uh, you know, virgin shall conceive and 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 and, you know, we will have Emmanuel. And so uh, remember that text. And now here we go. God fulfilling that text from Isaiah, from the time of Isaiah till now here in the time of when uh, uh, Jesus was being born. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. It's probably somewhere between three and four thousand years, probably. But when the prophet Isaiah spoke those words, he did not know uh, when the prophecy would be fulfilled. I'm sure he thought it wasn't going to be that long, Mm -hmm. but he didn't know. And so here we are. the, The prophecy now is being fulfilled. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband. Being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and she and 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 she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying behold that scripture we read earlier a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And she and, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And so from Isaiah to Matthew, a whole lot of time had lapsed that God had prophesied to us and made a promise that one day a son would come and the son was going to come by way of virgin's birth by the power of God and that that son will be God with us, Emmanuel, and he will save his people from their sins. And that was prophesied. And not until way around here in Matthew that we're seeing this prophecy fulfilled because God made a promise and he will keep his promise. If he says something, he will bring it to pass. And so today we are blessed because the promise that God made, he kept it. Can you imagine if God did not keep the promise? Because without that promise, child, Jesus the Christ, without him coming to this earth, 
we would not have any hope. We would not have been able to repent of our sins and be baptized in his name and be filled with his spirit and to get in alignment with his purpose and will and to make heaven our home. But because he made a promise and he keeps his promise and he cannot lie because he made that promise today, we have the opportunity to have eternal life, to have our sins be forgiven of us, to be delivered from the power of darkness and be translated into his marvelous light. We have that opportunity today. We have those promises today because he made this great promise many years ago, thousands of years ago, that the child Jesus Christ would come and he will save his people from their sins. Trust me, God is wonderful. God is gracious. And if we will trust him in every circumstance, if we will trust him, Joseph, we can say whatever we want about Joseph, Mary's husband. But but when Mary was pregnant, he knew he didn't get her pregnant and he he had an issue and he was about to take flight. But guess what? The Lord reinforced by sending an angel to say, don't you take flight. You're going to take this woman as you've already done and make her your wife because what is inside of her is the work of the Holy Spirit and not the work of man. And Joseph, give him credit. He didn't take flight after that. He decided, okay, I'm going to stay here. And, and, and he got a chance to reap the benefit of having the Messiah as his son. Hmm. When things do not go according to your plan, hold on to the one who gave you the promise. Don't get so wrapped up in the plan or the promise as getting wrapped up in the one who made you the promise. Get wrapped up in Jesus more than you get wrapped up in the plan or the promise that he has promised you or the plan that he's shown you. If we're not careful, we will fall in love with the promise. We cannot let our love for the promise supersede our love for the promise giver. My God, help us tonight. We cannot allow that. We cannot let our love for the promise supersede our love for the promise giver. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the promise giver. He is the one that gave the promise, and he certainly will be the one to bring that promise to pass. Consider Abraham. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his promise. <laughs> Woo! God made him a promise, which was Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's future. Remember, I told you that. And God asked him to sacrifice his promise. That must have been a difficult thing to do. He loved his promised son. Uh-huh. His son embodied everything he had been holding on to, but he loved the promise giver more than he loved the promise. Abraham demonstrated that he loved the promise giver more than he loved the promise, because if he loved the promise more than he had loved the promise giver, he would have never even attempted to take Isaac 
upon that mountain to sacrifice him. But because Abraham loved the promise giver more than the promise, he says, Lord, whatever you ask of me, whatever you want, to, that will I do. And guess what? He did as the Lord told him and commanded him. And so he was willing to sacrifice the promise as long as he obeyed the promise giver. Mm-hmm. He loved the promise giver more than the promise. Consequently, Abraham received a revelation. His son would live again. We are no different. Our eyes of understanding will open as we learn to trust God despite contrary circumstances. Church, hear me. A lot of times we miss out on the promise of God because we do not trust God with the little things. And each thing God is telling us to trust him with are little baby steps to get us to the end result of the great big promise he is making unto us. And many times we stop in the middle of our journey where we will we are supposed to travel to at the end of that journey or someplace other than where we are in the journey to obtain the promise. And so we don't take the steps necessary. We don't continue on in the journey. And so we stop and we miss out on the promise that God has made us because we're not understanding what's going on. Our eyes of our understanding will open as we learn to trust God despite the contrary circumstances. So what you think will happen or what should happen, it necessar- it's not necessarily going to happen, but you shouldn't stop following Jesus. We too will receive revelation. His ways are higher than our own. We must learn his ways and not just be recipients of his acts. I tell you all the time, learn the ways of God. He works beyond our expectation. He works beyond human logic. Somebody say that with me. He works beyond human logic. If we call him God Almighty, why then we put him in a box of thinking that he's going to work according to our human logic? If he's God almighty, if he's divine, if he's sovereign, then I cannot allow him to to work in my logical mind. I have to let him have his way from a spiritual perspective. That's how I will understand his ways. If I let his word and his spirit take free course in my life and I begin to follow and watch after that, that's how I will understand and learn his ways. He works beyond our expectation. He works beyond human logic. He works beyond what our eyes are seeing and what our ears are hearing. He fulfills his promises even in the unexpected ways or even in unexpected ways. God is unchanging, church. Whatever he promised, he will bring it to pass. He will fulfill it. He cannot do anything otherwise. He is unchanging. And whatever he is, he will always be. And so because he can't lie, he will never lie. He's not going to come this far and lie to us. He's not lying to you. He will bring it to pass whatever promise he made to you. God will come through. Somebody say that with me. God will come through. If God has given you a promise, 
Do not let your circumstances cause you to think it will not happen. You have to trust God. Do not allow your circumstance to dictate how you will act and how you will respond to circumstances because circumstances does not dictate the promise that God made to you. And so tonight, if you have not thought about a promise that God has made to you, I will give you two promises that God has made to you. And the two promises that God, let me go three promises. God has made three promises that I can tell you you can claim because God made it for you. And so here is promise number one. He said he will take away all of our sins. And so if we want our sins removed, God can do that. And so all we have to do is repent of our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So if we want our sins removed, all we have to do is repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The other thing is he says that 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 he promised us salvation. And so if we would like to be saved, if we want to walk in light and not darkness, if we want to walk in freedom, in liberty and not being bound, then we can do that by obeying the word of God. And finally, he promises joy, joy unspeakable. This is the season where people talk more about joy than any other time. Well, God promised us joy. If you want joy, you can have joy. And so I challenge you tonight to claim those promises, claim the promises of God and you will see them so you can claim the promise to have your sin be removed from your life you can claim the promise of being saved walking in the newness of light and life and salvation and you can claim the promise of having joy unspeakable joy those are promises that you can claim so don't let any circumstance don't let anything dictate what God has already said to you and the promise that God has already made to you. Every challenge, every situation that you face today moving forward, I want you to just say in your mind, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. This is not how I want to feel, but I'm going to hold on to the outcome, the promise that God has made. And so while I might feel uncomfortable right now, while I might not like how it feel right now, guess what? I am going to hold to the outcome, the promise that God has already made, and I'm just going to walk this journey and continue on this journey and trust God because I know he will bring the promise he made to me to pass. Somebody say amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight, wherever you are. Hallelujah. Trusting God in every circumstance. Trusting God in every circumstance. I hope I didn't just tell you some good words, but I hope you will hold fast to it as the divine word of God. I hope you will hold on to it and understand it is it is God's words and not my words. I hope you will begin to obey it, live it out, and knowing that God will confirm his word with signs following. Amen. I thank you for joining us tonight. I thank you for allowing uh, God to just speak to your heart and your mind. Now I want you to pray that what you have heard tonight will take root. It will become a part of you and you will begin to walk in it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
I thank you, Lord God, for reminding us and helping us to understand, Lord God, that we can trust you in every circumstance. That, God, when you make promises to us, we can depend on them. We can trust them. We must not come with our own expectation. We must not come with our own timetables. But if we will just trust you, Lord God, for the promises you have made, you will bring it to pass according to your timetable. And I pray for someone here tonight, Lord God, or many, oh God, that are struggling with, Lord God, where they are in this life, in this world. Oh God, they're not comfortable. They're they're wondering, Lord God, if they can ever, oh God, come out of their situation and go above their circumstances. They're wondering, Almighty God, will they ever be able to claim the promises? Will, Will they ever be able to, oh God, experience the fulfillment of the promise? But I pray tonight, Lord God, that you will confirm your word, that they will know, Lord God, that you are the promise giver and you can't lie and you can't change. But whatsoever you have promised, whatsoever you have said, it must come to pass. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word shall not pass away. And oh God, I pray that somebody will trust the Lord with all their heart tonight and lean not to their own understanding. I pray, oh God, that faith will increase like never before. Oh God, you are the God that heals. You're the God that raised up from the dead. Oh God, I pray for those that are among us uh, that are sick in their body, that you will touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, uh, and that miraculous healing will take place in their body, that they will recover and be whole. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Almighty God, that people's mind will be touched, Lord God, and will be sound. Let this mind which be in Christ Jesus uh, be also in us, Lord God. That in this time, Lord God, during this season, Lord God, that, Lord, we will be stronger than ever. That our soul will be anchored in you, Lord God. That we will be steadfast, unmovable, and unshakable. Oh, God, that we will abound in the word of the Lord. That, Lord God, we will not allow ourselves, Lord God, to stray. But, oh, God, I pray that you will keep us, oh, God. Will you keep your hand upon us? Will you give us fresh thoughts, oh, God, and reveal the mysteries of the scriptures to us, Lord, that we can hold on to them and live them out, Lord. Bless the homes, oh, God, of the church of the living God of this church, the families of Christ-centered church. Lord, bless them, Lord. I pray for provision, Lord. I pray that you will truly uphold them and protect them and keep them. Oh, God, your will be done in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray Sunday, Lord, you will meet us in the house of the Lord. And that we will experience the abundance goodness, the abundance power of the almighty God. That you will meet us in the house of the Lord Sunday. And both our services, Lord God, will be powerful packed and oh God lives will be touched and lives will be changed I pray that over this holiday season Lord God somebody will surrender their life to you somebody will repent of their sins and be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ oh God and be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and somebody will turn from their ways and turn to you Lord Jesus I pray that we will see the salvation of the Lord working in many lives almighty God 
Oh, Lord, bless us, Lord. Bless our families and friends, almighty God. Bless our churches all around. Oh, God, this area, Lord God. I pray for revival, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we thank you tonight. We give you the praise and the honor, for there is none like you, oh, God. And we pray that you will hear our cry, hear our petition, and let it be so for this we pray according to your will in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way in this house, Lord God. Lord, have your way in every home represented here tonight, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Hope to see you in service at 9 a.m. Sunday, 10.30 a.m. Sunday. And boy, oh boy, I'd love to see some prayer warriors turn out Saturday evening at 6.30. If you could meet us to pray, that would be wonderful. We need to pray like we've never prayed before so God can have his way. God bless you, church. I love you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Amen. God bless you.